It's uh, June 13th and it would be a Thursday. And June 12th, uh, yesterday, Wednesday, SpaceX did it again. It's not getting boring though. Elon said he wants it to get boring. The idea that they can send up rockets and deploy satellites like they did yesterday and have the first stage come back and land should become boring. Old news. And I understand what he's saying, but it's still not boring to me. We are living in a grand new era, in a grand new space race. And this one is uh, with a lot of different players, mostly from you know, private enterprise. You've got your Bezos, uh, you've got your Elon Musk, you've got your Richard Branson, and you've got NASA, and you, there's a lot of people working on this. Uh, NASA wants to get to the moon, put a moon base so they can go to Mars. Clearly, of all of the billionaires, Elon is way ahead with uh, the technology of SpaceX and their impressive, impressive uh, last few years. So I want to be bored. I'd love to be bored. I'd love to be so bored because there's so much of this going on. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, not bored. Very impressive. And if you didn't get to see the flight, go to SpaceX.com and they should still have it on there. And it gets very foggy in Vandenberg, which doesn't stop them firing uh, the rockets. But when the first stage comes back, you see it coming down and then disappear into this cloud. And then the next picture of it on the uh, launch pad. Impressive. Did I say that? It is impressive. Let's do a couple of letters here. And the first one is from Aaron Hoffman. And I think I got that right, Aaron. Aaron is really ticked off at me for butchering people's names and then apologizing for do so. And he said, uh, he swears that Mel, instead of saying Bjorn Nyland, said Berlin Nylans. Yeah, sometimes I need to go back and edit the stuff because I do know how to pronounce Bjorn's name. But actually, I do have dyslexia. So when I read stuff, it is... Uh, extraordinarily difficult for me to get the pronunciation right, particularly of people's names. So uh, you're going to have to forgive me because I'll always butcher them. I don't know where to go to find out how to... Maybe you can do it in Google. Maybe you can. Maybe what I should do, Aaron, is have Google say the name so I don't have to keep embarrassing myself. On Talking Tesla, the boys like to make fun of me, but it's not actually an act. It's actually that I really have a bit of a problem when it comes to reading. It's upsetting. I used to be super embarrassed by it until I found out, you know, well, I went through med school and then I realized it's not my fault. And then just recently reading that so many Fortune 500 CEOs have dyslexia, like a ridiculously disproportionate number. And they think that therefore they've had to develop some other skills in speaking and other stuff which may make them useful as CEOs. I don't know if that's true but it makes me feel better. Jim Long sent me a really nice video. He's got a, a P3D and he showed me a video, or he sent me a video, I should say, of him charging at a V2 supercharger in the first sort of minute or so. And it's interesting. Here it is. It's going 75, 78, 80 kilowatts, 85 kilowatts, uh, 90, 91, 95, 100, going at 400 miles an hour, now 430, 110, going at 450, 470, 480 miles per hour, five, over 500, 520, and 131 now. And now it's slowing down a little bit. He's at uh, 545 miles per hour of charging and 135 kilowatts, 136, 138. So um, this is actually a really cool video. I have never charged this fast, so it's fun to watch it. He's up to 600 miles per hour of charging in his Model 3 at 148 kilowatts. 149, 150, so he's peaked, peaked, and he's getting 615. Oh, he's gone through 152. Was this at a V3 supercharger? Where was this at? If this was at a V2, it's V2 and a bit because he got up to 152, over 600 miles per hour of charging. Pretty sweet. 
Douglas Crow writes, and I think, you know, uh, I think I got that right. Uh, Douglas Crow writes, uh, Mel was talking yesterday about, you know, it would be really good if we could store up all of that excess summer solar energy in somewhere like California and uh, put it into hydrogen. Well, how about storing it in some form of magic photosynthesis, maybe through the kelp or algae farming? And you'd need a big body of water, so maybe you could put it out there on the Salton Sea. And like he says, look, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I have no information in this area, uh, but it sounds interesting. What I was trying to get at is because batteries are still so expensive and because, you know, we really have where we are in California, depending on you know where the sun is and how your array is. You can create an, a huge amount of excessive solar energy that you couldn't possibly use that day or even that week, but you could really use it in the winter. Is there a solution for individuals, not sort of even on the grid level? Is there a solution individuals to be able to store that excess hundreds, thousands of kilowatt hours of energy? Back in the day, I joked what I should do is put my house on hydraulics and in the summer just jack the house up. And then when I needed it in the winter, have it come down, spin some flywheels and use the electricity. Tom did note that it would make getting in the front door at the end of summer quite difficult. Oh, Tom, you are so smart. But there's got to be a way. And I got a really cool letter from Vincent this is about aero wheels on the S and he gives me a link to thenewaero.com and in this website which is beautiful by the way is a new aero wheel for the S designed in Germany and Sweden uh, made in Italy and these look really cool they're aero wheels for your S they look really different than the ones that are on the 3 which are sort of bobbly these look really really interesting they're sort of almost grill like and supposedly, supposedly, they reduce drag by about 10%. And so you can get, in the end, they say, about 5% extra range. How much are these puppies? Uh, I don't know. Oh, 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 this is a bit upsetting. I did find out how much they are. It looks like this is the entire rim and the wheel, the whole kit and caboodle, because it's four and a half thousand US dollars. I thought it was going to be like 500 bucks for some plastic stick-on things. I was wrong. Great suggestion. A little bit too expensive. And I've been thinking about the uh, shareholders call. Is there anything that sort of keeps bubbling up in my mind or other people's mind? And, you know, the, the websites and stuff, they're sort of doing what they do well, which is sort of going over some of the stuff and passing it out a little bit. A lot of people are sort of blown away by the fact that he was saying that this uh, truck, the pickup truck, is going to have the performance of a Porsche 911 and be able to pull more stuff than an F-150. And those kind of numbers kind of, you know, blow your mind and that it could be pretty extraordinarily popular if the shape isn't too weird, which is what a lot of people are worried about, that he's going crazy on it and it's going to be just too otherworldly for most people. And then the other one that sort of I should have said something about yesterday was the new roof. So the solar tiled roof thing has been really, really delayed. And part of it is because it's way harder than he thought, and he sort of admits that. There's a reason that people have tried and failed this, but perhaps they've got the best engineers. But he said that Tesla's new V3 roof should be the same as a shingled roof and an electric bill. So one of the concerns that I've had about this roof is that it's sort of glass and it's etched and it's made to look like these higher-end roofs we have here in California and other places. And probably you're going to spend $70,000 on this thing, which is just out of reach for most people. Fred Lambert put some uh, numbers to this in electric, saying that when this first idea came out by Elon, he was talking about something over about $21 to $22 per square foot for the solar roof, which would make it pretty expensive. 
A tile roof here in the US or in California costs about $20 per square foot, so it'd be more than that. But a shingled roof, a shingled roof here can cost as little as $4 per square foot. So this is sort of a composite material, which you see in a lot of California homes, at least in Southern California. So about $4 per square foot. If they could do it so it's $4 per square foot plus the cost of your electricity, uh, I think now you have a product that you can sell a ton of because now people can get in. It's not such a ridiculous expense up front. We will see. They're still doing lots of testing, but we will see. If they can get that done, well, that's very different. I think you open that up to a whole bunch of new people. The thing with roofs is, you know, Elon, I said before, they need to last for 30 years. So it's not like you're going to go out and replace everybody's roof tomorrow. But if the price is down and you can convince people, look, here's your upfront cost is really not too different at all from a fairly inexpensive, not cheap, but fairly inexpensive roof. Plus, you're going to make electricity and uh, be able to pay that off. So you'll be basically revenue neutral. You'll put this on. This is I understand it. You'll put it on for about the same price as you would another roof because it will make the electricity and pay off your bill. So uh, you'll be revenue neutral for that. You basically just are paying for a new roof, but it'll make you electricity for 30 years. We will see. The trick with this is always going to be, can they do sufficient testing so that you can be sure this thing's going to last a long time? Two, can they put it up fast? Because really a big cost in the roof is having, you know, six or eight people on your roof for two or three or four days. That's no good. You've got to be able to put this in fast. I was just watching down the road from here, a, a roof go on, one of these shingled ones, one of these California shingles, I don't know what they're exactly called. But basically they tore it off in the morning and by the evening it was almost done, by the next day done. So that's the kind of speed that Elon's going to have to put this electrified roof up there to be cost competitive in terms of labor. This is a fairly difficult thing to pull off. And we'll wait and see. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my name is Mel Herbert. Show is Elon Daily, part of the Talking Tesla Network. And you know what we've decided to do? One of the perks you can get from doing a podcast like this is having people use your referral codes. And we really thank those people that do that. It helps us and it helps you. So uh, the referral code for uh, this month is going to be mine because it's going to be a short month, Mel9983. So if you get a Tesla, chuck that puppy on there and I get a little free supercharging and you get a little bit of benefits. And then next month when we start up again, we will use uh, the Toms or Roberts and we'll just sort of rotate it month to month. And I should say that tomorrow's Elon Daily will be the last one probably for about two weeks while I go to Africa uh, work in the village, see some friends, do a little work there. Also do a little play. Now, I'm not going to lie. I'm not doing lots of work there. I'm going to be also doing a little safari and having a little vacation with the family. And then uh, we'll be back early July to continue with this on with season two and some new ideas for the show. So my name's Mel Herbert. The show is Elon Dell. It's part of Talking Tesla. Talk to you tomorrow.